0: creativelyanddeliberately.com, a podcast where we will discuss how to creatively and deliberately make choices that give life meaning. How many of you are watching American Idol? I love the judges. They're honest with their critiques, but not in a destructive way. As a writer who puts their heart and emotions on paper, I understand the risk singers take as they sing with their souls. It does my heart so good when I see the judges offer praise like they do. With that said, come Hollywood Week, when good singers are put under the pressure of limited sleep and exposed to new voices and new songs, it isn't any surprise when they forget their lines. In years past, I've reacted like the judges who question how it is that individuals can forget their lines. But now, after learning more about how the brain works, it's just physiology. Our brains are hardwired with instinctive behaviors dedicated for survival, such as fear that will stimulate our fight-or-flight mechanisms and anger, which helps in dangerous situations. In fact, take the spelling of the word danger and notice... That the letter D is added in front of anger because it motivates action. The mama bear syndrome if you will. Territorial mannerisms also kick in while in survival mode in order to protect what we are and what we have. The primitive brain just likes to be safe and it doesn't like change or challenge or competition. When we're threatened In any manner, through competition or being angry, frustrated, fearful, or scared, our brains shift into one of these survival modes. And logic and reasoning and learned skills are locked down as if there's a breach in the system and all the metal doors have bolted away from access in order to prevent any invasion or any destruction. Dr. Alan Watkins is a neurological performance coach. And he calls this physiological state a lobotomy. The knowledge of our prefrontal cortex cannot be approached when we shift into fight-or-flight mode. And at times, it's a freeze mode, or should I say, a severe state of forgetfulness. Dr. Watkins has a few good TED Talks available to explain how the most skilled Professionals can be lobotomized if they hit any of these brain states that I've mentioned. So the contestants are not dumb. They've just hit a psychological phenomenon, which at the moment wipes away any access to their higher functioning skills. I'm sure you've experienced this lobotomy yourselves, like when you're trying to teach a class and you can no longer recall anyone's name. You're not dumb. You're just momentarily lobotomized or when you meet someone intimidating and you can't even speak. The reason you can't remember anything is due to the simple brain biology. It's more important to ensure your safety than your competence and reputation because what good are these skills going to be if you don't survive the ensuing threat? There's a show on Amazon Prime called Dude, You're Screwed where the men in the show are wildlife survivalists. They're playing a game to see if each other can survive outrageous environments. Within a moment's notice, they're whisked away to some remote area and they have only 100 hours to make it to civilization or they lose the game. Being put to the test generally encounters three days with limited sleep, a lack of water, and a lack of food. Most often, they suffer from cold temperatures. But since they don't want to lose the game, they push themselves beyond normal physical limitations. Yet their judgment and endurance wanes because they are bound by their anatomy. This is a perfect example of how we are at the mercy of our biological needs. Instead of trying to deny that these needs exist, we're better off being aware of them and when they will override reason. Other altered states that Dr. Watkins mentioned is when you have to go to the bathroom, but you have to wait. Think about what happens. You can't hear what's going on around you anymore because you're only attuned into what's going on inside your body and everything else fades away. That's the case for any internal pain you have. It gets amplified and focused on. Your biology momentarily interrupts your consciousness to focus on the pain that you have. However, when it finally eases, everything happening around you comes back to your awareness again. Other areas where your physiology takes over, can it be experienced when you're dieting? How many times have you set out of frustration or anger for failing to follow through with your commitments to eat the right foods that you say, I'm never going to eat again? It's been a few thousand times, right? Yet our bodies are built with reward chemicals like dopamine to encourage eating in order to keep you alive. It's a built-in survival mechanism. You'll get rewarded when you eat so that you keep eating to live. Our bodies and brains are hardwired to help sustain our lives and there is no way around it. We easily misinterpret these built-in functions as some sort of self-sabotage, but it's just biology, so don't take it personal. Knowing that food and safety are basic survival needs that must be maintained will aid us in learning when and how to use different protocols or strategies used to raise above these untimely physiological overrides. One effective strategy that Dr. Alan Watkins introduces to upgrade our biology operating system is to learn how to breathe rhythmatically. When we breathe rhythmatically, our heart rate regulates because of the nice oxygenated blood that gets back into our system. Rich oxygen and even blood flow will help in accessing the wisdom that comes from your heart and your mind by being in coherence, This heart coherence state is more insightful and perceptive, and the ability to think more clearly to problem solve is kept within your reach. Instead of having an erratic heart rate when stressed, you can access a calm, even heart rate of coherence that enhances your performance and your overall health. Rhythmatic breathing has to be consistent to get this physiological control. So five smooth breaths in and five breaths out. Or say four in and six out, then four in and six out. Rhythmatic breathing will allow you to get conscious control over your stressful situation if you will learn to utilize its power. That means you have to breathe this way for more than two times in a nice, smooth manner. So no lamas or staccato. You need to use smooth, rhythmic breaths long enough that you can feel the physiological grounding. How do you do this when you're teaching? Ask a question and breathe while the students are answering the question. But how do you do it when you're trying to sing during Hollywood week? When the others are singing their solos, you have a moment to catch your breath. Practicing this breathing before the performance is going to be the best bet so you don't reach this forgetful state. Practice breathing in any stressful situation. Practice, practice is the key. You want rhythmic breathing to become natural in all circumstances. There are a lot of items or apps on the market to help practice breathing. My iWatch reminds me to breathe evenly all the time. HeartMath has a device that you can buy to help train you as well. In rhythmic breathing, the breath needs to come from your heart instead of an exertion from your belly. Why? Because this type of breathing isn't abdominal breathing. Breathing through the center of your chest with an attention to the heart area is required. The best way to do this is by putting your hand over your heart as a reminder to focus your breathing from your heart. Three reasons to breathe through the chest is because first, the heart generates more electrical power than any other part of your biological systems. Even though there are a billion nerve cells in your brain and only a couple of thousand in your heart, The electrical voltage of your heart is three and a half watts greater than the power outage of your brain. The heart has what we call an auto coherence because it has to synchronize in order to pump. So electrically speaking, the heart generates 50 times more output than the brain. Second reason is when you breathe with attention on your heart area, it gets the mental noise out of your head and into the chest area. And thirdly, it helps shift away from the unconscious survival physiology up to the conscious emotional state of the body. Being fully conscious is necessary in responding to life with emotional intelligence and mindfulness. In my eighth podcast, I talked about the triune brain. Our lowest primitive brain level is often called the reptilian brain. Our primitive brain takes on the cold survival of the fittest mode, whereas the emotional brain, known as the mammalian brain, is where passions and feelings of the heart are accessed. Unlike reptilians, mammals take care of their young and easily show warm love. Oxytocin is a chemical released in the emotional brain which promotes bonding as well as other feel-good reward neurotransmitters that are released like serotonin and dopamine. If we are emotionally aware, we can consciously choose to respond to life positively. It's our prefrontal cortex that separates us from other mammals. The prefrontal cortex is the executive of the brain that gives us the ability to make logical choices that will influence our future. I suggest you watch Dr. Watkins' TED Talk labeled Being Brilliant Every Single Day to hear more about the benefits of breathing rhythmatically. He explains how biologically we are going to release chemicals like adrenaline that can either excite us positively or negatively depending on how we choose to think and feel. For example, the positive release of adrenaline coming from determination and focus is going to motivate you differently than from having anxiety and frustration fuel your adrenaline. Wouldn't you rather have a positive dose of passion, which is the number one predictor of performance, than any other emotion? I love how Dr. Watkins said, When you're passionate about something, you do it better. Bottom line, our bodies use chemicals to communicate what motion or direction we're going to take. Hence, emotion is energy in motion. The release of these chemicals are either going to hurt or help in your well-being, which will then influence the results you get in your life. Now, you don't always have to be pumped up to perform. You can also learn to be relaxed under pressure. There will always be the positive and negative extremes of, along the chemical spectrum that will produce different emotional states of existing. If you are reacting negatively to life's situations or circumstances, you're going to release negative chemicals like cortisol that will affect how you feel and act. What's the negative extreme to being in a relaxed state? Unmotivation, apathy, boredom. Whereas the positive side of being relaxed is going to come from being content, curious, and serene, which allows you to get in the zone or to be in the flow. Being human means you have the physical body part and the emotional spirit part, and both interact with each other. Together, the spirit and the body make up the soul, and the mind, body, and soul each have wants and needs. When we learn how to use them with coherence and harmony, we perform at our best. By regulating your breath, you can change your life positively from the inside out and during any challenging situation if you will just practice. Dr. Watkins uses the word breathe as an acronym. B for breath, R for rhythmatically, E stands for evenly and through the heart every day. So start practicing yourself and see the difference it can make. Thanks for joining me, creativelyanddeliberately.com.